Welcome, Sojourners. You have found yourself a cozy place here at Sojourners Awake. I'm Jonathan, and this is our production of The Wild and the Wind. In this episode, Bertie and Samoon decide to leave Baldtop Library, going on their next adventure and quest. And along the way, they meet an exciting new friend. They travel up through the corkscrew highway onto new adventure. And of course, not without incident. And so for now, our story continues. And outside the house of Lazarus, you see a wagon being loaded up with supplies. Two dwarves, chanting and singing a song, are loading up the wagon, and there sits Irony in traveler's clothes. He's writing in a book. He does not see you approach. Bertie walks up to him and just taps him really hard on the shoulder. Oh, the pen quill breaks. And he looks up in determination and sees you. Oh, Bertie. Hi. Hey, don't worry. Uh, I'm not going to try to kiss you again. That was an accident. He stands up and gives you a hug. Kind of, her arms are kind of limp, not knowing what to do with it. Simone's just waving behind her. Uh, Simone, oh, you're here too. Hello, I'm so glad I got to see you before I leave. Uh, it, Trina, is she also here? No, oh. she, um, she's she's moved on. Oh, that's well. Me too. <laughs> it's great. Um, I feel like a brand new brand new guy. Um, I'm packing up everything and I'm going north. Uh, Phineas and Wangus over there, they've offered to take me to this place called Grovelore. Uh, it's in the Northern Kingdom. Um, it's going to be great. And uh, a fresh start. Um, great chance to start over. Um, and, uh, well, you know, make a better life for myself. I, I don't know if you heard, but I, 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 was, I was demoted here. Fired, really. Uh, not welcome back at all. But Baltop was kind enough, uh, due to my years of service and my family's name in High Keep, to let me stay at the House of Lazarus under house arrest until I got a chance to leave. And uh, Phineas and Wangus over here, they work at the Forge, and uh, they're going on a pilgrimage. So, anyway, here I am, traveling through the wilds. <laughs> oh, you know, that is good to hear, Irony. I am sorry again that... What circumstances behind oh, you? Oh, please, please, Omar. no, don't be sorry at all. If anything, it helped me grow up a little bit. Apparently, I was a little immature and I was I was trying to make a name for myself here. But what I've learned is this is not the only place to make a name for yourself. Bonsarel is a big world. I've learned a lot about it. You know, there's so much to explore. Lots of maps and there, you could take you anywhere. You see, there's a bright level of naivety in his shiny blue eyes. Did you say that you were traveling with somebody, or are you traveling alone? Oh, no, I'm traveling, well, these two dwarves offered to, um, uh, well, they're going there, and so I don't have to go alone. I also, um, well, I had a little money left over from my parents. And um, I, I hired a, a bodyguard. I know that sounds weird, 
but um, apparently it's pretty dangerous on the road. There's like bandits and we have to travel through troll country. I've never seen a troll, but um, it, would, it would be very interesting to travel through there. And uh, something about war rising in the Northern Kingdom, or at least suspicions of war. So yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, dangerous. So, um, I'm, uh, hey, what are you guys up to? We were just discussing maybe going back to um, my hometown and checking up on my old cart business because, well, I think it's, I, I think I need to go look at it and make sure that everything's still working. What about you, Samoon? What do you want to do? You can come along. Well, you know, we were just talking about that and, well, Irony, I will be very honest with you. I've done a little adventuring, and Birdie here has done far more than I have, and it is very dangerous on the roads, and if you don't know what you're doing out there, people can take advantage of you and there are lots of weird beasts, so if you don't mind, maybe maybe this is a good start for us, Birdie, maybe we should, I don't know, we can tag along and, is your house in the north? It is north, yes. I don't know if it's on the way, but... Perhaps if we head that way, we can um, see how close we get and determine from there whether or not we want to split off. That sounds like a plan to me. Phineas calls out, Wangus! Get your sorry self over here and get loading. Quit playing around with your pipe. Phineas walks over to Irony. Alright, we'll be leaving out as soon as possible. Everything's loaded up. Who are these two? Well, they're my friends, uh, Birdie and Simoon. And uh, turns out they'll be going with us, uh, traveling north. Nice little band of pilgrims we are. Aye. You have any experience traveling north, Mr. Ranger Man? Simoon kind of looks back, never being referred to in that tone. Um... Well, I can't say that I've traveled north before. I've traveled from the west. I the mean, desert, are you but... so you're not from the north? Oh, no, I am not from the north. But I do have experience handling myself. And I can pr provide protection. If that is something you have need of. As long as you're not needing any protection. I'm already keeping after this one. I don't need another. And what about you, Miss Hinfolk? Are you from the Northern Kingdom? I'm from the North. I do not know what kingdom I'm from. She kind of charges her bracers and says, and I don't need protecting from the likes of you. We'll see about that. Do you pledge allegiance to the kingdom of Taterna? No. Should I? Dang. That would have been useful. The borders are a little rough right now. I it's going to take some... Anything. I mean, well, it's I gonna take. Say anything. All right then, let's simulate this kind of experience. Ho oh, there, traveler. Where do you be headed from, and where are you going? Okay, your turn. Ho oh, there, traveler. No, you're supposed to answer. Oh. The um. other dwarf, his brother Wangus, missing an arm, with a bloody stump, piping his cigar, says, 
She's not from the north. Her accent's all messed up. Not everybody from the north has one of those accents. There's a lot more refinement up north. I am refined. Hmm. Wait. Is this your con? This is your play, isn't it? You play dumb in order to get past the guards, right? Yes. That's what it is. Wangus then begins to wrap his bloody stump of an arm. Are we gonna go or not? Oh, we're just waiting on one more. Um, a real bodyguard. Uh, you know, I mean, Phineas, uh, Wangus and I will be providing the directions and everything, but best be warned, it's a dangerous road. Bandits, trolls, not to mention if the Northern Kingdom is on alert. If we be coming from the Southern Territories, we'll have to give account for where we're going. Now, my brother and I, we are from Grovelor. So we have pledged allegiance to Grovelor. We're here by Baldtop's leave. But I reckon anyone who'll be traveling with us, with the exception of Irony here, who apparently has a free pass, friends in high places, no doubt. If you be going with us and you're crossing the borders, you might want to cook up a story as to why they should let you in during this very tense time. It's a lot easier to make enemies than friends, as they say. I have a good time making enemies and friends, sometimes at the same time. Yeah, you'll do all right. Desert fellow. Yes, sir. You're going to need a better story than that to get past the, the borders. You preparing to cook up a story for the guards? I guess I can come up with one. You what about of... just being a hired bodyguard? Does that not get me passage? Depending on where you're from, but we're wasting plenty of time. You'll have plenty of time enough under the stars in order to think about it. Wangus, oh. let's go. Samoon and Bertie, how do you prepare for this journey with irony? I'm just grabbing all my, I'm back, back at the room, grabbing all my stuff. Um, I get, grab my birdhouse, strap it to me. Um, my boar dress cape vest thing that is made. Um, make sure I grab my, my money. And kind of it. Simeon, likewise, is in his room. He's got his backpack and he's just putting his rations, putting just little trinkets in there. Um, he pulls out the ring that he found in Skyworld, thinks about it, and just puts it on and just hopes for the best. Um, and But the rope, he sees his rope, so he's just going to like. He still has his two swords that he's not used in a while, so he's just going to kind of use one of the swords to just kind of grab the rope through one of the loops and place it in the bag, um, leery-like. And uh, yeah, once once his bag's made, he's going to swing it over his shoulder, sword strapped to his sides, and grab his staff. And he's just going to kind of toss the sheets over the bed. And um... all right, Birdie, I think I'm ready to go. About time. Samoon, as you call out to Birdie, the ring begins to squeeze gently around your finger 
As you look over towards her side of the wall, calling out her name, you see a faint image of Birdie on the other side of the room. As if you could just walk over and reach her. Simon, seeing this, he's just going to close his eyes and shake his head and then open his eyes again. Is she still visible? She is. Faintly. And he's just going to, like, stare at the wall and just slowly walk around the room to see if she's actually in that position when he gets into the doorway. As you move around the room and go towards her door, you see that she is roughly standing in the exact same location as you had perceived. Hey, Birdie, did... Did you happen to notice me coming to your room? Well, you're in my room now. Yeah, but, like... When I was in my room, did you see me coming? Yes, I saw you walk into my room just now. Well, never mind. I, I must be seeing things. I don't. Anyway, I am ready to go if you are. I got my, my bags packed. Yeah, I'm ready to go. When you arrive to the cart, Phineas and Wangus are gathering the horses caring for their animals, impatiently tapping their foot. Irony is sitting on the very top point of the wagon and the supplies, standing up tall with his hands on his hips, and he shouts, Goodbye, bald top! And there, another figure is standing by, apparently the bodyguard, the real bodyguard, hired by Thomas Irony Riverwell, whom you've come to know has some influence and affluence within High Keep. Eris, would you please describe what Bertie and Simoon see? As Bertie and Simoon approach the cart, they'll see they see a figure of a woman standing with her back to them. Um, they see a lot of black and white as her glossy black hair comes tumbling down to her shoulders and she is completely clad in a white fur trimmed cape um, as they approach she hears the footsteps turns around and um, someone called her the real bodyguard but that might not be what you think upon first impression she has almost a divine beauty about her uh, long glossy hair eyes are the color ice blue um, you can't see much of her clothing underneath, but as she shifts around a little to get a look at you, you see a glint of silver metal, perhaps a armor breastplate underneath. And she, as sees you approach, she smiles and... Oh, are you the other companions coming? Bertie looks at her and sort of nervously smiles and immediately gets slightly jealous of how beautiful this person is um, and looks at her clothes and her outfit and her fur, her boar fur and kind of sulks a little and says yeah, that's us how wonderful my name is Eris it's so good to make your acquaintance uh, hello Eris it is nice to meet you and you are he's just like caught off guard oh right um well my name is samoon and this is my friend birdie and we will be joining this party 
Samoon, you have the garb of a, a desert dweller. Have you traveled far? No, I would say I've traveled a pretty good distance to get here. You must tell me what it was like. I haven't been there before. Tell you what that desert is like? <laughs> hey, perhaps we could save the conversation for the road. Get on. My apologies. We should go. I would love to tell you all about the desert on our journey. And somebody's just going to take off his backpack and kind of just chuck it in the back cart. And uh, kind of climb on into the... No, you'll be walking for most of the traveling. It can't be afforded to put too much of a burden on our beasts. Okay, my apologies. <laughs> he just like hops back down, grabs his bag. They are a bit tight on this ship, aren't they? Maybe we should have gotten a horse or something to ride. I, I'm okay for walking now. It's actually a good exercise for us. Upon the corkscrew highway, the beginning of the travel is light. The road is paved, and over your shoulder, you can once again see Baltop Library disappearing into the western distance. As you travel east, the sun climbs into the sky, and it begins to warm up a little bit. Hey, Samoon. Yeah, buddy. I've been thinking about um, what that dwarf said, and we should come up with a story for you. And I, I think I have a story or part <gasps> of it. What? what if we tell people that you're this fancy sultan from the desert, like you're a desert prince, and I'm uh, escorting you um to the north i that's as far as i got um well you know that is worth thinking about i think okay i'll, I'll think about that one irony's walking alongside with you and says uh, do you, oh i i didn't really think about that um uh eris um you well you're I know I hired you, um, but would you happen to be from the Northern Kingdom? Um, have a little bit more of a plausible story uh, than Samoon being a rich, fancy sultan. <laughs> Not sure if anyone's going to buy that. I I'm, I'm sorry. I, I really haven't had a... That might be a uh, too forward of a question. But are you from the North by any chance? Sorry, I'm not. Ah, uh, bummer. Pity. Uh, Bertie, did I hear that you are from the north? Yes, I'm from the north, but I'm apparently not rich and educated and fancy enough to be believable. He puts a hand on your shoulder. But you do know the difference, and that's what counts. The moon's gonna... Is, I'm a, is Phineas and Wagnus, Wangus riding the carts up front? Yes. So he's just gonna kind of trot, trot up to the front. Uh, Mr. Phineas, um, I'm thinking about the story that I should come up with. Well, you seem very knowledgeable about the North, so what do you suggest I come up with? That's not my problem. 
He keeps his eyes straight forward. I foresee us having an issue with the borders. We have two fine dwarves from Grovelore and uh, Riverwell in our midst. It would only make sense that you would travel with an entourage. Entourage. The one thing we're forgetting about is that he lowers his voice so irony doesn't hear. Riverwell's name might not hold as much credence as it used to. Cross that bridge when we get there. What? What happened to the Riverwells? Yeah. She actually pulls out from her, um, from beneath her cloak, a journal, and she starts flipping through the pages, looking up notes. Without knowing too many of the details, lots of names have gone soiled in the Southern Territories. Uh, the noble names, at least. I'm reckoned by the price he's paid and the influence he had at Boldtop. Our youngin' fellow over there is probably of high class and noble blood. But given the uprisings in Boshan, the spreadings to Highkeep and Greenfield, it's only a matter of time before reputation spoils. The revolution has spread to Highkeep and Greentop? I hear that it has. At least, that's what they're saying. I try to keep my nose out of it. Me and Wangus here, we got plenty of problems on ourselves. I'm sorry, I've been sojourning away for a while. This news is news to me. She actually starts to make notes. Drops back a little bit. Bertie, as you're walking on the Corkscrew Highway, you see a pleasant sight. What captures your attention? A rabbit. And I'm going to go over and just try to catch it. Make a survival check. A six. How do you fail? I tripped over a rock, landed on my face. Smoon, you and Eris see this. Irony is now taking a nap in the back of the wagon. Gracious, is she okay? Oh, Betty can take a lot. I'm sure she's fine. Are you okay, Betty? Always. I'm gonna rush over. Are are you hurt? Are you bleeding? No. Oh. I'm fine. Okay. I just wish I would have gotten dinner. I'm getting hungry. Ten. Is the rabbit still there? Make a perception check. I would like to also make yes. one Yes. Go ahead. We'll do high number winner. Twelve. Seventeen. Dang it. Eris, as you are saying these words, Samoon has the advantage. How do you proceed, Samoon? Samoon's just going to stretch out his hand and he's going to whisper Levitayanem Argo and he's going to levitate the bunny. The bunny. Or the rabbit. The, the, <laughs> the rabbit raises up out of the thickets and begins to paw ineffectively at the air. By now, Wangus and Phineas are laughing and pointing, puffing a cigar, watching this this circus go on. And uh, yeah, I'm just gonna kind of force pull, levitate the rabbit toward me, and uh, just kind of levitate it right over, over Birdie, and just drop it in front of her. There you go, Birdie. Thank you. She kind of picks up the rabbit, examines it, 
to see if it's fat. If it's plump. It is plump, it. plump and juicy. Birdie takes out her dagger. Phineas laughs and says, I guess we're breaking for camp here. Oh, good. I'm hungry. I guess we're going to have rabbit stew. Right, that'll be all right. He looks at Bertie. Wangus has got his eyes bugged out, his cigar hanging gently from, er, hanging from his lips. And he whispers and says, I think that henfolk is a magician. She pulled the rabbit out of thin air. Now you're seeing things. And soon the fire is crackling. The rabbit is being served as other rations. A pot of beans is provided. And irony insists on adding some special spices in order to make the food more savory. The six of you are gathered around the campfire. Samoon, you hear a pleasant sound. What is it? It is a combination sound. Um, Samoon's got his bowl and he's kind of, he's just scooping up one spoon at a time. And he just happens to look up. Would you say it's dusk now? Would it be like stars in the sky or how late yes. is that? Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's just going to look up and he's going to hear the combination sound between the breeze and the trees ruffling and the popping of the wood. And it's going to give him a, a, a sensation um, that he's long forgotten it seems at this point of just being out in the wilderness and, you know, just basking in it's and all that it has to offer. Eris, as you are present at the campsite, you have a pleasant taste. What would that be? Eris is probably standing off um, just outside the ring of firelight, leaning against a tree, keeping watch. She's enjoying a bowl full of Birdie's fresh caught uh, rabbit stew. And she actually enjoys the extra spices. Um, she's been spending time in the Mayadaxar Empire and they like their food spicy there. So it reminds her of where she's been the last couple of years. Phineas grunts. Anybody got any entertainment? And then gives a mischievous grin. Grandma, you play the guitar? Light guitar music, hen folk, folk music, begins to play quietly. Eris, how do you respond? Eris startles and looks around. Is somebody else here? And I'm just, oh, does that happen often? Grandma is now sitting in the campfire, soaking up the flames, her guitar gently playing. Birdie. Does this happen often? Yes, it happens often. Grandma plays the guitar and kind of um, inspires me a little bit. And sometimes it helps me fight better. Are you a wizard? Is this a conjuring? It looked like Samoon was a wizard earlier. Are you traveling magicians? 
I don't know what the word conjure means, so... Um, maybe a sorcerer, then. Um, did you create this image out of magic? No. She's not a phantom of energia? No, that's oh. grandma. She sits back a little at a loss for words. Well, whoever she is, she's playing a mighty fine tune. I mean, like, pulls out of his gaze. Um, hey, would that work as an excuse? What if we are a traveling band of magicians? Would they let us do the border then? If we are entertainers? Kind of like when we tried to go through Feathermore's gates. But then they needed security. Just don't make anything dangerous. Possibly could work. I reckon as long as you don't appear as a threat, you'll be all right. <laughs> well, it's a hard day, and we're waking up at first light. Phineas rolls over. Wangus passes gas. The campsite is quiet. Before sleep takes you, how do you proceed? Birdie is just lying there awake trying to think of a magic trick, and she remembers like the the thumb cut and a half magic trick that she is doing. And she's like, that's what I'll do. And then she falls asleep. Eris sits a little ways away, endeavoring to keep watch as long as she can. Make a perception check then. And Samoon. Samoon is, um, he's taken out, he's got like a really thin, um, small blanket. And he just kind of lays it on the ground next to the log he was sitting on. And he just lays down on it, puts it, puts the back of his head on the log with the fire uh, just beyond his head. Um, and he's just staring up at the trees, wondering about um, what adventure now awaits him. Eris, you hear the wind shift from a mild spring to a bitter winter cold. Sends a chill up your body. Straighten, put my hand on my sword. I'm not quite alarmed yet, it's just the weather. Would Samoon feel that? That's what I was wondering. Samoon. While you are awake, you do sense the wind change. Warming of the spring. A harsh, bitter cold. Tingle on the back of your neck. Indeed, you do sense this. With Eris straightening up a little bit, being a little more alarmed, but it's just the weather. How would you proceed, Simoon? Feeling this sudden shiver come suddenly out of the pleasantry of the warmth he was enjoying. He's just gonna 
kind of slowly arise um, to not quite a full seated position, but he's going to use his elbows to kind of prop up his chest um, to kind of arch his back up, and he's going to just pan left and right, looking in the area around them. And he's thinking to himself, I know this cold. Eris, you feel, you hear something more alarming. The tree that you're leaning up against begins to gently frost over. Leap to my feet. And though I still haven't drawn my weapon, I'm looking for the source of danger. Then roll initiative. Number to beat is a 15. Samoon, you are on the alert. You may roll as well. Birdie, you are asleep, but you will also roll. Unnatural 20. Nice. 22. Very good. Samoon, you're the first to see it, for you have indeed felt this cold before. This figure is male, though he does have long, frosted hair. His eyebrows peaked up like icicles, and his beard pointed like ice. He carries with him a long sword, and as he steps on the twig and begins to frost the tree over, he just says, Oops, I spoiled my entrance. He draws a sword towards you, Eris. He points it in your direction and says, Speak, traveler. And over Trina, and Jack Frost will let you live. And so for now, our story concludes. Every story comes to an ending, so for now we must conclude. Thank you for listening, Sojourners. Your attention will not go unrewarded, and we look forward to continuing this adventure. If you enjoyed this background music and ambiance, then you should visit Tabletop Audio. Find them at www.tabletopaudio.com. And to further help out Birdie, Samoon, and Eris defeat Jack Frost, escaping with their lives, go to your favorite podcasting platform and leave a rating and review. I'm sure it'll help them out in some way. But however you sojourn with us, as always, May your story continue.